0: To be, well, Be The thing I'm going to be talking to you tonight is out of the book of Galatians chapter 5, if you want to turn there with me. Um, we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to talk about the lust of the flesh. We're going to talk about Paul's conversation. We'll probably take a little bit different look at this than maybe what some of you have heard. We're going to walk a little bit deeper into this book. Uh, why it was written. Who it was written to. Understand that when we go through this stuff, um, the Scripture, you know, I've always said this. One of the things that my goal is to always make the Scripture applicable for today's living. The Scripture is absolutely applicable for us in our daily lives today. Sin don't change much. People don't really change it. Cultures change. But tendencies to sin, our battle with the flesh, the fruits that we should be bearing in the Spirit has all stayed the same. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's something, as I've said before, is so predictable. You can count on His word, and that makes it very easy to be a Christian to know exactly what the will of God is. If you read the Word of God, you will know the will of God. It's very simple, it's very simply put by God. We make things difficult, Satan makes things very enticing. Okay, so, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, being a disciple is a lot like making a cake the scripture says to make disciples when you get saved that is not the end of it it is just the beginning okay it is just the very beginning uh as an instructor in martial arts you know i have a black belt i'm a degreed in that okay but that is just the beginning when you learn how to apply things that's just the beginning of really learning that's it So when you get saved, it is the very beginning of what you need to be doing and and the understanding and applying the word to your life, letting the Holy Spirit empower you to be obedient to what God wants from you and me. This is the essence of this of this letter that was written here to the Galatians in chapter five. There was a problem here, as there is in all churches. Understand we're reading a letter The interesting thing about these these scriptures in all the scriptures, Galatians, Ephesians, Corinthians, all these Philippians, we are reading someone else's mail. It is a letter that was written to like the Big Woods church. So if we were in biblical days, it might say this letter written to to the church at Big Woods. This letter written to the church at Korea. This letter written to the church in Moorhead. And so each church had an each body of believers had an identifiable problem that was being taken care of as a whole by the apostles. So when we put all the letters together that was accumulated, we get a New Testament document that is applicable for you and me today, even 2,000 years later, it is still applicable for your, for your living today. Lots has changed in our society, but it's still applicable. I'm going to read this to you. And if you want to just listen we can this is in Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to be in Galatians 3 a little bit. I'll be in Galatians in the first part of chapter 5 here just in a minute. And I'm going to read to you some different stuff and give us an idea of what is really going on and why Paul penned this letter to this church in Galatia in the first place. And then how can we read this, understand, and allow God to change us with it? In all things, in all messages preached, in all passages read, this is what we should be thinking when we come to church. When Brother Jess stands up here and preaches the gospel to us on Sunday mornings, we're listening and we're obeying the Spirit as God's giving him the words. We're hearing it and we're going to let it empower us to live by what God is giving him. We're the mailmen and we deliver the package. And that's what this is, you see. This is our gift In Galatians chapter 5, I'm going to start in verse 16. You can follow along with me up there if you want. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. We're going to talk about that. What does that mean when it says walk? What does that mean? That's very important. This I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. What is the flesh? Define the flesh. Have you ever defined what flesh means? We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. And it says this, it says, For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. We're going to talk about this. This is good stuff. But if you be led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Mm. He says here, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery and fornication. Those are two very different things. Fornication is committed outside of marriage. Before you're married, you're you're committing fornication when you're not married. You commit adultery when you are married, when you cheat on your spouse. But they're all sexual sins. They're all lustful things that the, the flesh is pulled to. Okay? Uncleanness, lasciviousness. The word lasciviousness is a word that's used for all evil. Lasciviousness is anything that has evil connotations to it. That's lasciviousness. Idolatry and witchcraft. Witchcraft is you're trying to control someone else. And it also has the witchcraft as we understand it. One of these days, I'm going to teach you about witchcraft because it's very prevalent in society today. And you probably have family members or friends that practice it and you don't even know it. But we're going to get into that. Witchcraft is very, very popular these days. But if you try to control someone else's will through manipulation and deception, that's witchcraft. That's witchcraft. Okay? Okay? Hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of which I tell you before, as I've also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit... Is love and joy and peace and long suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance against such there is no law? And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also, here it is again, walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory provoking one another and envying one another. Father in heaven, we pray in the name of Jesus, give us wisdom as we walk through the Word together and enlightenment in our hearts. Unveil the things to us that You need us to know. Unveil our eyes that we can see and understand and our ears that we can hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding and then empower us to apply this to our lives. We thank You for the Word of God. We thank You for the revelation it brings, for the life that it brings, Lord, for the, for the knowing that it brings, for the help that it brings in times of trouble and in times of goodness. And we give You praise for this and ask Your leadership in Jesus' name. Amen. But one thing we need to understand is why was Paul writing this letter to the book of Galatians, to this Galatian people? Um, if you look at his first statements over in chapter 5, I'm going to read some of this, some of this to you. Um, and, and look at what, it, what he says to them, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, behold I, Paul, saying to you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify against every man that, be, that is circumcised that he is a debtor to the whole law. Christ became of no effect unto you. Whosoever you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. All that says this. There were these groups of people called Judaizers who was in the land that, in those days. Paul the apostle was preaching the grace of Jesus Christ, the understanding that Jesus was the embodiment of grace given to us as, as a, as the propitiation for our sins. His body, blood, and life sacrifice and being raised from the, raised from the dead is what we need to be justified with God and be saved and born again and be indwelled by the Holy Spirit. That's Christianity 101. You have to believe in Jesus Christ, who He was, His message of grace. And that you're not under the law anymore. But these Judaizers was coming through and they were preaching this message saying you also have to obey the law and the Ten Commandments. So you, it's not good enough. Jesus isn't good enough. You also have to practice the law. That's called Judaizers. The apostle Paul was so upset by this, he told them, If you try to be justified by the law, you are fallen from grace because the law justifies nobody. Up until this time, Paul starts asking them questions over in Galatians chapter 3. He says, Was any of you ever saved by listening and obeying the law? Was anybody ever born again by following the Ten Commandments? He says, he goes, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you would believe such preaching? Who have who, who could convince you to fall from grace so quickly at a message that's so perverted? We're not saved by the law because the law says that if you can't follow every jot and every tittle, you're condemned by it. And there's no man that can follow the law. So there was this message being preached to the Galatian church. Listen, you got to follow the law and believe in Jesus. Well, that takes away from the cross and everything that it means. It brings the the death bear the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ and nullifies it. And these Galatians who started out so grand, so good, started allowing these terrible preachers and messengers, charismatic people come in and change their way of believing. So then therefore, they began to fall from grace, so to speak, from the original love of God that was in their hearts, and then we make our way towards chapter 5, and we start seeing the product of fleshly living. Because the longer you stay out of church, the longer your heart doesn't hear the the, the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Because let me tell you, it's by the foolishness of preaching that men are saved. It's by the preaching of the word of God that we get delivered and we hear the truth and our heart responds to it. And we become new creatures in Christ, the greatest miracle of all. It is powerful that you come here to hear the Word of God. It changes you, rearranges you, washes you on the inside and feeds that inner man so that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. If we preached a watered-down Gospel, you'd become weak and you'd become decadent and lost and furthest from God. And a fleshly church we would be being led by the sins and lusts of people rather than being led by the Spirit of God. And Paul was afraid of this happening. Well, foolish Galatians. Foolish! What have you done? What are you thinking? He goes on to tell them that they wanted to lean on the flesh as if the works of the flesh could save themselves. Things they can do by the way of law and religion taken away from the gift of salvation. Chapter 3, foolish Galatians. Paul highlights their inconsistencies from what they originally believed by asking a few questions and bringing up a few things. Did you receive the Spirit of of, of God by the works of the law? As I said before, after beginning by the Spirit, are you now finished by the law? Is this how you're going to finish? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? He says. Paul brings them to a question. You didn't get saved. Do any of you ever remember being born again? You see, the law never produced that. Going to to temple with your turtle doves or your oxen or your lamb that you were going to sacrifice and give to the high priest. Let me tell you, millions of people went. It was an absolute bloodbath. If you was ever able to go there during the days of sacrifice, and you was able to go there when the, when the sacrifices was being presented to the high priest, it was an absolute bloodbath. And there was people up there killing animals and slitting their throats and blood pouring on the altar, and nobody getting born again. They were just as rotten on the inside as when they first came. It provided something for the law, but it didn't provide anything. Listen to the man. So Jesus changed that. In old Galatians, what's wrong with you? Why are you trying to do this? As I've said many times, you can't change the truth of what Jesus brings. You have to let truth change you. And rearrange you. And then you got to accept it. And you got to believe it. And you got to follow it. Only it. The flesh and the Spirit. Let me define the flesh for you. The flesh is everything that's against God. The flesh is everything that is contrary to the will of God in your life. The flesh is anything that will lead you from doing what God wants you to do. And it is powerful. It is powerful. It's full of wooing. It's full of desire. The Bible says the heart of man is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? It gets into the heart of man and begins to pull us in directions. I heard Jess brings up some country songs. I heard one the other day. Uh, The song's called Demons of All Things. I can't leave things alone because they won't leave me alone. What I want isn't what I need. Still, I reach for the things I crave. Maybe I should run away. Do you crave things? Do you desire things that are not in the will of God for you? You know that it's not good. You know. That it's not good. The Bible says about the spirit that comes out of a man when he gets saved. The scripture says that an evil spirit comes out of a man and goes seeks places, other places, but then will come back and will check on that heart again to find it clean, garnished, and swept clean. In other words, what the scripture is telling us is you're going to be revisited by the things that once haunted you. Being saved doesn't exempt us from temptation. It gives us the power to walk above it. It gives us the power to say no to it. It gives us the power to obey righteousness and not the desires of the flesh which would lead me from God. This is why we come to church to get refueled in the Spirit so that we can be empowered to live the Christian life and be a light not only to each other but to the dark world that's around us. Think of it this way. We have to allow the Spirit to lead us using God's Word, and it wars against the flesh. If you would think of it as three people involved in a very simple battle there's you, and then there's the flesh. And the Holy Spirit when you're saved. You will yield. You will yield to one or the other. You will yield. We have to predict and we have to plan to yield to the Holy Spirit and God in our lives. That's what we have to do. The flesh and the spirit are two totally different spheres. Just like you can't make fat turn in the muscle in the human body, you can't use the flesh to live a spiritual life. He was trying to get this across to the Galatians. You can't use the law to be spiritual and be pleasing in God's sight. You have to live by faith and by truth and by the Spirit. You can't. It's two totally different spheres. When the scripture says walk, it's talking about the conduct of our lives. To carry out the desires of the flesh means to live your life based on a sinful human viewpoint. That's that's what that means. When we walk in the flesh, we're carrying out the sinful desires, and from a sinful viewpoint, humanistic viewpoint. That's the flesh. To walk by the Spirit means to discover God's viewpoint on a matter and decide to act on that divine perspective and depend on the Holy Spirit to empower you to obedience. Did you follow what I just said? When you discover God's will and you discover God's plan and God enlightens you to the truth, you have to walk in that truth depending on the power of God to help you to obey. We can't do it on our own. We're fallen by nature. That's why He indwells us when we get saved. To help us. To encourage us. To lift us up. To show us. To rebuke us when we're wrong. To convict us of sin. To show us when we're not in the will of God. This is why this happens. An important note, Paul doesn't say while following God we won't have fleshly desires pop up in our lives. But walking in the Spirit under the empowerment of the Holy Spirit will keep us from yielding to those powers and desires. It's so important to come to church. It's so important to hear the Word of God. It's so important to read it, to study it, to know it, to let it inundate you, to let it change you. Think as God says to think. The Apostle Paul says, think on these things. Whatever so things are holy, pure, of a good report. He lists a whole whole list of thought life things. So that we can train ourselves to be obedient to what is good and not yield to what is bad. In this world today, being bad is looked at as being cool. If you do something horrid and bad, people typically elevate you for that. Boy, did you see Pastor Jay bust that guy right in the mouth? That was a great fight, Jess. Boy, he put him in an arm bar and broke his arm in three seconds. Isn't that great? Milton, wasn't that just fantastic? Why do we elevate that? But society does. Society does. Civil war. Everybody say civil war. One, two, three. There's a civil war raging inside you. Two sides. And you have to pick. You have to pick which one. Paul's telling us that there's a civil war in all of us. A battle between the flesh and the Spirit. At at times we think the two can coexist. But we're told in the Scripture that light cannot dwell with darkness. They are two totally different perspectives with two totally different outcomes. For those who walk, In the fleshly path, that has an outcome. For those of us who walk in the Spirit, that has an outcome. And they are two totally different things. Understand this, folks. We are warned so much to obey the Spirit. picture that these forces working against you. Sinful fruit in verses 19 through 21, Paul here lays out the works of the flesh so that he can contrast them one against the other. Just as the works of the flesh are visible to all for all to see, when you're walking, there's some things you just can't hide, folks, right? We can't hide everything, and nobody's perfect. But if you live by the flesh it's going to show up. It's going to show up. Right? It will show up in your conduct. At some point in time it's going to show up. But also listen on the on the flip side of that coin, if we live by the spirit, it's going to show up too. You're going to bear fruit. The point is that there are results in our lives in accordance with what we decide to yield to fruit is something that's produced fruit is something that's produced so what fruit is it what fruit over here in galatians chapter 5 this is what it says it talks about the goodness Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. All these things are produced as a result of the Holy Spirit in your life. Make no mistake about it. Paul's saying... If you want to gauge whether you're walking... this, I'm not telling you if you're saved or not. I'm telling you, you can gauge by whether or not you are walking in the Spirit or walking in the flesh by what is produced in your life. If it's love and joy and temperance, meekness, goodness, faith, all these things, those are walking in the Spirit. And let me tell you something. As a very practiced person, as a very as a person who's got a lot of experience with God and a lot of study time with God, I can tell you, there have been times when I walk in the Spirit and I can feel God so present with me and I've got peace that just is in my mind. Just like tonight, I feel great in the Spirit. There is nothing in my mind right now that is keeping, keeping me and God from intermingling together. You're going to hear me preach about conscious conscience here before too long. How's your conscience? Is there something there? God will let you know to take care of that something. The Apostle Paul says, I strive, listen to this, man, this is awesome. This is walking in the Spirit. This is putting steps to your belief. He says, I strive to have my conscience clear between me and God and me and man. that's huge. How about you? Is your conscience clear between you and every person? or is there aught somewhere? We're told in the book of Matthew that we're, before, we, before we ever come to the altar, we sh- and if we have aught in our heart with someone else, we have to go first and solve that. At least solve it between you and God. But there's something in you. That's that conscience. Is it clear? Man, how good must you be walking if your conscience is clear between you and God and you and man? Of all the things there are to be upset about today, Boy, if your focal point, if your focus in this life is in something other than heavenly things, you're in trouble. Because we're in a troublesome times. There's a lot to be mad at. And you can't believe anything. Just let me throw that out there for you guys. This whole Ukraine thing and everything, just give you something from the pulpit. You don't know who's telling the truth. We don't know why that's really going on over there at all. You got... This group of people down here who's the common man who pays for everything that the elites do and who knows nothing but going to work and paying their bills and raising their children and doing the best they can. Then you got this group up here who's doing God knows what and killing us for it. And we will never know. So much propaganda. But if I watch the world, I will live in chaos because that's all it is. There's no firm ground to it. We have to keep our eyes on Christ and focused on living and, and, and walking in the Spirit. Now I'm going to pick apart a little bit of this for us. This I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I'm going to go over here to chapter 3 and just read just a little bit of this. He says it like this, Oh foolish Galatians. Foolish or fools doesn't mean that they're not intelligent. It doesn't mean that they're not able to think clearly. It's just they have no spiritual sense. They have no spiritual sense about them. I know lots of people that have more degrees than a thermometer, but they ain't got no sense. You ever met someone like that? They're the smartest person you ever want to know, but they can't tie their shoe and chew gum at the same time. Right? This isn't what this is talking about. This is not having good spiritual sense. How's your spiritual sense about you? He says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ have been evidently set forth And crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Received you the Spirit by the works of the law. Or by the hearing of the faith. He says. What's happened? I tell you something. We like new things. We like new things. We got a good car. But we'd like to have a new one. It gets us from point A to point B. But I, I want the blue one. Surely, I, want, I don't want the red one, I want the blue one, and I want it to be a different. I want it to be this one. You cannot do that with the Word of God. It stays the same. And the power of it is consistent every single day. Its message is consistent every single day. It is never changes, never changes at all. And I'll finish here in just a second. He says, "Are you so foolish?" having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? By your works? What's wrong with you? He says to these Galatian people. You got saved and now you're trying to do something different? No. Don't try to change this. Get back to what you originally was because the truth is only found in Jesus Christ and Him alone. Not Him and the law. This was a learning time. This was brand new. People were being pulled from, could you imagine, being raised in the temple? Being taught the law of Moses and the Pentateuch? Learning that? In every form and fashion of your life, and now here we are, now we have to turn from it and solely believe in grace. It was easy for us because that's the only message we've received. But it was predicted in the law because we cannot keep the law, we cannot do it. So, in closing, here, let me just say, what are you bearing? What are you producing? What are we producing in our own lives? Challenge ourselves. Are we producing fruit? Is these the fruits that we produce in our personal lives? Is it love, joy, peace, temperance, goodness, meekness? All them things? Or do we walk more in the flesh? If God asked us to crucify the flesh in which He has and its sinful desires, can we do it? Flesh. Everything that would lead you from God. God. Everything that is opposite of the will of God. Everything that is godless. There is a master of the spirit who is God, Jehovah God, Yahweh. And then there is also a master of the flesh who is none other than Satan himself. Who's our master? Very identifiable. And it's produced in all our lives. Brother Jess. Any questions tonight? On any of this. We took a deep trip. Anybody got any questions? I don't know how a black cow eats green grass and has white milk. Just don't nobody ask that question. (laughs) I don't know how they do it.